it has been a huge week. I have just returned from Breckenridge where I gave my TEDx talk around the importance of movement and mental health. Those of you who've been following the podcast for a long time will no doubt be surprised that this is the idea that I decided to share with the TED community. I know uh, by now there are thousands and thousands of TED Talks. So a part of me was like, oh, is this really the cachet that it once had? Like, is it really worth it? Is sort of everybody a TEDx speaker? And I, you know, I don't know what will happen with the talk, how many views it will get, all of that. But I do know that for me, it was something that I really wanted to do. And I've applied a number of times and was really excited to finally get a yes and have the opportunity to share this idea with the world. And so my talk is a combination talk. And then um, I integrated a video of an aerial performance that I used to demonstrate the importance of having emotionally expressive movement as part of healing. So I will, of course, be shouting from the rooftops when the video is out and will share it with my audience. I'll share it here on the podcast. And then if you are connected to me on social media or part of the Zen Founder newsletter, then I'll obviously be talking about it there too. But man, if nothing else, it feels good to have set a goal for myself and to have continued to try and execute until it came to fruition. I will also say that my youngest son was in the audience and it matters so much to me as an entrepreneur, as someone who is putting their voice out there in the world to have my children see me doing those things. Cause he also saw me like stressed about it, trying to figure out what to wear. Like he saw the backstory and then he saw the fullness of the experience. And it's quite a thing to have your kids be proud of you. And it's quite a thing to have your kids cheer you on. I also think it, it demonstrates to kids the possibilities of adulthood that, you know, your growth, your education, your learning, your risk taking doesn't stop when you become a grown up. that there's always those opportunities to continue deepening and expanding and trying new things. So I love teaching him that. So the podcast today is an interview that I did with Jessica Zwig. She is the author of a fantastic book called Be, A No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Your Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. I met Jessica at a, a party in Mexico of all places, and we connected over the fact that we have the same publisher and the same editor. So her book was published by Sounds True, which is the same publishing house that published Touching Two Worlds. So we had a wonderful conversation about the challenges of putting yourself out there, how uncomfortable that feels. And she shared with me some of her just deep wisdom around how the best public presence, the best personal brand, whatever you want to call it, really comes from a sense of deeply being who we are. So she's really helped redeem my experience of social media from something that felt like a chore or like a performance to a place where I could just kind of be myself and interact with people in that way. So whether you are working on a personal brand, whatever that means, or just whether you are an entrepreneur and a human with some kind of public presence, I think Jessica's work is really, really helpful and thoughtful. So happy to present that interview for you today. Thanks for listening.
Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. So what a treat it was to meet you at an entrepreneur event in Mexico and realize that we have the same publisher and are going through some of the same challenges as we get our books ready or I know your book came out last uh, last spring, right? So just on that like entrepreneur author kind of journey. So it was so fun. And it's so delightful then to think with you about how people can show up as their quote unquote real selves, true selves in their public life and still have that be very successful. Yeah. I don't know how you can't be successful without it, (laughs) without being who you truly are, because ultimately it's going to catch up with you. You're going to find yourself in jobs and in relationships professionally, personally, that are not in alignment. And that's not sustainable. So I don't think that you have a choice ultimately to not be yourself. And I think what that means can be very blurry for people because we operate, and I don't, say this to put anyone down, but I I think we operate in a lot of unconscious fear collectively that we're going to be judged or rejected or alone at our deepest yearning, you know, core human needs if we do fully express who we are. And so we've been subconsciously conditioned to play small or be a people pleaser or do what our parents wanted us to do or stay stuck in a job because it's safe and it's scary to leave or to evolve or to ask for what you really want. So I think that at the core of everyone's job here on planet earth is to be themselves. I I really believe that's why I'm here to remind people of that. And what a fresh conversation that is so different than the conversation that I normally associate with the term brand or even better yet, like personal brand, because of that feels like something you're supposed to make or create or carve out or position. But when I hear you talk about this journey towards being your full self, identifying that, putting that out there in the world, that feels very inside out, kind of not something that's crafted so hard. Right. Thank you for that reflection, because it's what I say all the time about the work that we do at Simply Be. It's an inside job. You know, people think of the word brand and as they should, it's about image. It's about look and feel. It's about positioning. It's about external platform and really personal branding. In my view, it's core. Obviously, I wrote a book about it. I'm biased, but it's working. Our methodology at its core, it's about knowing your value. It's about knowing your worthiness. And that is an inside job. First and foremost, you have to do some real inner work to get connected to that and to feel very clear and confident in that so that you can communicate that consistently. And that is really the the secret sauce of our work is this, it's really empowerment at its core, We're not branding. We have to really be able to pull out the goods 
And the, on the front page of my book, it's called a no bullshit guide, right? To increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. And the first chapter of my book is called embrace your shit. And I was literally just having a conversation with an executive potential client a couple hours ago, in fact, and she was, she's bringing me into a rather corporate, you know, white male dominated, you know, large corporate America company mm -hmm. that I frankly poke holes in, you know, to some degree that there's a resistance they feel to some of the authenticity that, that I show up with, which is going to require for them to show up with. And she was saying, your represents all of you, you know, that she's one of the top executives at this company and she came from nothing and never went to like a fancy school and felt like she had something to prove her whole life and was had shame around it all because she grew up in the circumstances she did and had to fight to get to the top of where she is. And by the way, she's a badass and is running that company now. And that's part of her. Shit. That's part of her story. That's what makes her relatable and dynamic and worth listening to because she's real. And so that is really the essence of my work is to bring more humanity into the places that we spend our time the most, which is work. And so brand is where we start. How did this evolve for you? I mean, how did you, in your journey, come to this point of recognition that this was your work to do and now to bring to others? I really believe that I often say we're the, we're the students of what we're here to teach. So I can't really stand on any soapbox truly in integrity and talk about authenticity the way that I do without having really experienced the other side of that, that shadow side of ego and inauthenticity and operating from a place of insecurity, which really was the majority of my life up until I was about 35. I, you know, had always been a creative entrepreneur. I ran a business before this one for seven years and it was a very sparkly business. It was an online magazine, lifestyle magazine for, for women in the city and Chicago and the Midwest. We had this massive audience. I was sort of coming up as the original food and fashion blogger in Chicago. I had a huge following. Like we were running this outside in really good looking business and exciting business. And at the same time, I was broke. I was sick. I was depressed. I was suffering from anxiety attacks. I had toxic relationships left, right, and center. I, I was not who I was saying I was. And like I said, at the beginning of our convo, that's not sustainable. So I crashed and burned. I mean, that's a, it's a really long story, but it was during that crash towards the rock bottom and the awakening from that place that I discovered kind of my purpose, which wasn't to be a socialite, frankly, but to really use my gifts in service of other people, which I wasn't doing. And so that was really the dawn of Simply Be. And because I had the magazine for so many years in this dawn of social media and marketing and digital content, I knew a lot of things about that world. And so I decided to combine kind of this newfound spiritual awakening that I had had with my hard skills, if you will, of marketing and branding and social into a business to serve people. And that's what I do. Tell me about the use of the word spiritual in the context of business, spiritual awakening and bringing that to work with you. What does that look like? What does that mean to you? I mean, I definitely 
do it pretty unapologetically. You know, I, I feel like we are waking up, you know, we are, we are as a collective consciousness waking up. People are getting the memo that we're here for a bigger reason. And that, you know, maybe love really is the right way in all things. And we are all connected in a, in a collective human experience. And so I'm as woo as it gets. <laughs> like love it. I really am. And and so my my four walls of my business, you know, I can bring that forward. And it's attracted a very specific talent. Like I have almost 30 employees now. And I feel like my culture is very unique for lots of reasons, but because I unapologetically, as the founder and leader, wear my heart on my sleeve and lead with love. And you know, I'm human. But there are definite environments that are not 100 percent like going to fully get it or accept it that our clients or partners, and we know how to gauge the temperature in a room and lead with what they want versus what they truly need. And so sometimes the strategy, right? You give them what they want, you sell them what they want, but you give them what they need. And um, we do work with a lot of corporate companies, lots of them, and they're more hungry than they even realize. Not for the spiritual stuff, because that's it's a very personal thing, but more for the the human stuff, the permission slip to really authentically be who they are, which in my view is a spiritual act. Talk to me about the word authenticity, because I feel like that's one that's sort of tossed around a lot. It's, you know, maybe trending on Harvard Business Review, authentic leadership. What does that mean to you? And what does that mean in the depth of your perspective? So I get asked this question a lot. Obviously, I wrote a book about about it. <laughs> I assume you have a good answer or an answer. <laughs> I do. I mean, the word authenticity is an overused, misunderstood buzzword. And I find that to be unfortunate because I wish we lived in a world where we could celebrate the fact that it was overused, that we we were all attempting to be more fully expressed in who we are. And it is messy. It's not a destination. It's a journey that unfolds over time. And the more and more you connect within, the more you show up fully um, shedded of layers that are your past versions of yourself or things that have stuck to you from other people or other chapters in your life or, or trauma or projections. And I guess really what I want to say to answer your question, because it's a good one. And my, my point is my answers evolved over these last few years. I think that really on the, on the spectrum of authenticity, I look at it through the the lens of the, the spectrum of the human experience, which is based on duality. And on one end is fear and the other end is love, right? Like we make choices either from the spectrum of fear, jealousy, really powerful drivers of our behavior and choices. Yeah, absolutely. Ego, scarcity, jealousy, all of these things come from, in my view, inauthenticity, like fear. That's not who we truly are. And when we're operating in love, that is manifested as service, as compassion, as action, as community, as empathy, to me, that's authentic. When we're coming from that place, no one can question your authenticity. And if they do, because I show up in all of those things for the record, and I'm sure I get judged all the time, but that's not my story. That's someone else's. So fear versus love, really looking at it through that lens. That's kind of my evolved answer to that question of inauthenticity versus authenticity. Is it coming from fear or is it coming from love? As you're talking about this, I'm thinking about the 
theory of Carl Rogers. I don't know how much psychology you studied, but, you know, one of these humanistic theorists who talked about like the three ingredients for human well-being are congruence, which I think is a word that's really similar to the use of the term authenticity, like the insides match the outsides, like congruence, empathy, and unconditional positive regard, which is essentially love. And so he believes that that's where healing happens. It's where growth happens. It's the thing that all of us seek to become and to be in the presence of in order to attain the fullness of our possibility or become our full selves. So I, I don't know, it just lands for me that you are really identifying authenticity as one of these core ingredients that when we show up in that way, that's how we are able to fully access our potential. And without it, we're kind of operating like a three-legged table, like we're off balance. Absolutely. And and you know, I love that three-legged table analogy is to really like study authenticity, not in a macro view, but like a micro view, right? So we can feel really authentic in certain areas of our life based on relationship, environment, circumstances, how we're resourced that day. And we might feel really inauthentic, like that three-legged table in other areas in our lives on on that, those micro scales. And so my wisdom is just to really be gentle on yourself. And it's not some sort of box. Like one of my favorite quotes is by Brene Brown, who says, authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. And the operative words in that quote for me have always been the daily practice of, I'm not the same person I was today as I was yesterday. And my relationship with my husband isn't the same today as it was yesterday. And my, my feeling about my business isn't the same today as it was yesterday. So just to really be gentle with ourselves on this journey to really fully know ourselves and be ourselves in every area of our lives, it's a large task. And so how do you take that? beautiful set of practices or beautiful intention into the world of social media, which just having released my book has been like the machine, right? It's so important. Got to pay attention. La la la. There's all kinds of opinions about what should be there and what shouldn't. And of course, many, many entrepreneurs have that sense of pressure about how they're quote unquote supposed to show up in these public facing places that can feel kind of distant from who they are. So how do you take the marketer in you in combination with the soulful, spiritual, authentic purveyor that lives in you as well? I know they're not different, but help me combine them. You know, sometimes I struggle combining them, frankly. You know, I I have a lot of dynamic desires. Like I want to scale my business and work with corporate clients. I also want to appeal to my sisters and the women like me who are on the path. So every day I, I've really unhooked myself, frankly, from the need to show up all the time or when I don't feel like it and doing it anyway. I don't, I don't show up if I don't feel like it anymore. I used to, because it, feels like a machine. And I certainly did in my book launch, right? But book launches is like its own enterprise and you kind of got to do what you got to do. But I I think that it's really a dance between looking at the kind of world of social media and feeling intimidated by it versus feeling inspired by it, right? And it's this sort of like 
feedback loop. It's like, I'm, I'm intimidated and I don't feel that motivated because I'm intimidated, but now, but now I'm inspired. So I'm going to do it, but, but I'm not doing it as much as, or same as everyone else's content that's working. And so should I copy that? Or should I really try to just make my own shtick? But what is my own? Sh- Am I really that creative? Like it's all the things, right? It's all things. And honestly, for me, and I'll only speak for me, and hopefully this is helpful for your audience, but I have a decent size audience, but it doesn't on social, but it doesn't matter how big your audience is. I know that I have like a core tribe, especially on Instagram. And I know that anything I post, they're going to love. Cause they love you. Cause they love me. So if I come on as like my poetic spiritual self that day, they're going to dig it. If I come on with some hardcore business tips, they're going to dig it. I really tune in to them and create content for them. And I know who they are. Like I could name them, you know, many of them. And so that really gets me away from the kind of like intimidation. And someone else also once told me that if you, if you feel a little vulnerable or like freaked out to post something because it's so powerful or vulnerable, feels very exposing, it's probably going to resonate more than anything else you share. And so I learned to trust that and it pretty much lands every time. So I I would just say be in flow with it and listen to yourself and remember that you're not doing it to perform, you're doing it to truly connect. That's really the core of social. And I, I wrote about that in my book too. That's what I've been practicing a lot lately. It really resonates with, you know, something that people ask me a lot about in the world of entrepreneurial mental health is imposter syndrome. Like, how do I get over it? What do I do about it? And inevitably some version of my response is, well, what you're doing is not really about you. It is a conversation that you're having or an offering that you're giving. And so when you anchor to who is your audience, who are you talking to and what do they need? How can you serve them is again, a more authentic, but probably also more holistic, like gets you out of your head, out of your ego, out of your like little machine brain and into service and into kindness and into connection in a way that is, that feels good. feels authentic. Yeah. I say that all the time. It's all about value. And everyone knows that we hear that in marketing all the time, but really when you do this work well and right, this work, meaning branding yourself, creating social media content, putting yourself out there. When you're doing it well, it means not operating from ego, but operating from service, fear versus love. Ego is fear, service is love. And so every time you pick this little plastic piece of technology up called your phone to post something, as you select that picture, as you write that caption, ask yourself, there's someone else on their little tiny piece of electronic receiving that. And what's in it for them? What's in it for them? What are they going to get out of this? And if you can't answer that, don't post it. That's what I I often say. And when you start to really practice that, then social media starts to feel actually really good. I wish that was like a little disclaimer every time people logged into Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Please, can you just pick that up for us? right now are there platforms or ways of interacting with social media that you're just like I just don't do that like I just it doesn't serve me it doesn't feed me I don't participate I'm not on TikTok okay I can't do the dance trends I'm you know I'm trying to create fun innovative reels 
I work at my agency with a lot of millennial, young millennial Gen Zers, and they, they're teaching me a lot, you know? So like humility is also a huge part of it, even though I'm just like seen as a social media expert kind of gal, I don't know. It changes so fast. It's so much, but I really, I don't, I don't try and overwhelm myself with the latest, you know, trends. Like, I mean, I, I think to some degree you, you have to like Instagram moving to like becoming more of a video real platform is a, not necessarily a trend, but more of a shift in a platform that's you need to adapt to if you want your content to get seen, which is annoying, but it's also a challenge and you kind of have to surrender. You know, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to be writing another book and hopefully, you know, it comes out by 2024. And I was thinking to myself, by the time 2024 rolls around, who knows what Instagram is going to look like? Who knows what Facebook and like, I'm not even going to think about my strategy because it changes so much. So I think at large, I just ride the tide and I do me and I, I don't do TikTok. That's one thing I don't do. (laughs) It is one of the things that my editor recommended. She's like, why don't you get on TikTok? And I'm like, Hey, I wrote a book about grief. I, I mean, how many grief dances can we do? And two, like, I no, I just, I can't, I can't. I don't want to be on it. And look, I'm okay. We're okay. I feel like, honestly, Instagram is still very, very powerful. And so is LinkedIn. So is Pinterest. So is Twitter and Facebook in their own right. You know, like, you have to go where it feels easy or you know if if it's not native to you or you don't find a lot of joy in it to begin with and don't try and be on all the places one or two on places in general that don't feel easy well what's next for you what's next for me i am hosting a retreat in nashville as you know i have a few spots left it's called claim your light it's a next level mastermind for um six seven eight figure business owners It's really going to be special. It's happening in April of 23. I am expanding my agency and we have an office in Nashville. We're working with a ton of really exciting clients. As you know, I wrote a book where we've trademarked all of our methodology. So we're going into companies and we're um, teaching a lot of our curriculum and workshop format, digital e-learning, licensing partnerships. It's all kind of a new avenue for us to really bring our work to more people, which is really exciting. And um, in the meantime, working on a second book that's not going to come out for a while, but yeah. All right. (laughs) Is it kind of a continuation of the first book or is this a different piece of your work or are you allowed to say? It's an evolution of my next work. I actually pitched it to Diana, our mutual editor, and she was like, I want it, which was really cool to hear her say that. But she said, what did she say? She said, this is the obvious next book for you, even though it's so different. It's an expansion of what you've already talked about. So I'm really excited about it. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, for folks who want to follow along with all that you're doing, what's the best way for them to find you and connect with you? You can find me on Instagram. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in Instagram and, and LinkedIn. Where I have seen you do some dancing videos, by uh-huh. the way, that were fabulous. Oh, thank you. I, did, <laughs> I think I've done, yes, a few. I just posted one of me um, in roller skates yesterday. And that was like, <laughs> that was like one of those videos. I was like, 
do I post this? And I like close your eyes and push the button. It's performing really well. So like, there you go. Yay. No, but Instagram is a place I definitely spend time. Um, I'm very active in stories. So I like to really talk to my audience there. I'm on LinkedIn um, a lot. You can find me on jessicaswag.com. You can go to my business's website, simplybeagency.com. And that's pretty much where you'll find me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for the time and for folks who are looking for a soulful, authentic approach to how to show up in the world. Um, I think your work is really amazing. And also like, who's not looking for that? If you're not looking for that, I don't know why you would be listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.